0: the whole day so there's one night where we were gonna try our hardest to get out and i was on the sofa bed my husband was laying down with our son and i was waiting for him to text me like he's asleep and i never got a text from him and like peeled back the curtain and he's asleep in the bed (laughs) with the two (laughs) they're both asleep um so i guess that's not happening tonight
1: everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And we are excited because, you know, look, we talk adult-only cruising. We've talked about cruising with our son and other little kids on board Disney Cruise Line, but not quite as young as what we're going to talk about this evening. And I think there's some probably great tips for parents out there to figure out if taking your son or daughter on a cruise as young as the folks we're talking about this evening is a good idea and what kind of support you can find on board from Disney Cruise Line. So let me start by welcoming our guest, Megan, to the show. Welcome, Megan.
2: Thank you. happy to be here. Yeah, we're so happy to have you.
1: Well, we have no plans to have uh, additional children in the future that would require these tips and tricks. I know we get plenty of questions from folks out there about cruising with little ones. So I think this is going to be a great episode for them to uh, to have out there. So Megan, we always like to start with folks' Disney cruising background or cruising background. Do you want to talk about your family's uh, experience with Disney Cruise Line? Sure. Um,
0: This was my second Disney cruise. The first one, was when I was 13 years old back in 2004. So it's been a really long time, but the experience definitely stood out with me as far as where it ranked in our family vacations. And I knew I wanted to take my family on a Disney cruise once I had a family to take. And so so this is my second, this was um, obviously my kids first cruise, first Disney cruise. And this was also my husband's first Disney cruise and his first cruise period.
1: Nice, nice. And what, what attracted you to Disney cruising? Have you been, I'm assuming you've been to the Disney parks and such? Yes.
0: I would I'm a huge Disney person. Grew up going to mostly Disneyland with my family, because we have family that's out in California. And when we would go and visit, about every other year we'd stop at Disneyland. And then once we did a few trips to Disney World, because I'm located in Atlanta. So that's the closest to us. And then once my friends and I were old enough, we kind of did a few friend trips to Disney World. My husband is definitely not a Disney person yet. He went to Disney World once when he was about four, I'd say. So he didn't grow up in Disney, doesn't really get Disney completely. But since the cruise, I think I've worked on that with him. He had a wonderful time on the cruise. But I'm always like thinking about Disney vacations and where to go and all that kind of stuff.
2: So he's Disney tolerant, would you say? He yes, he
0: puts up with me.
1: See that. <laughs> <laughs> See that's Perfect. like our, our relationship with uh, Sam puts up with me. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, Megan, we wanted to talk about your cruise with your littlest ones here, and so w- remind folks you were on the Dream for a four night sailing in November. Is that right? Yes, November first. <laughs> okay, and where did Nassau and Castaway Key? I'm assuming where the port stops. Yep. All right. Did you make it into Castaway Key? fingers crossed? We did. Nice. All right. Well, good. So we got a full itinerary.
0: Yes. Tell us who
2: you were sailing
0: with. I went with me and my husband and then our two little, little kids. We have um, my son. He was two and a half when we went and my daughter was seven months. And then we also brought my mom with us just for an extra set of hands.
1: Let let us know where we can send the gold Mickey for parents of the year because... (laughs) (laughs) No way we would have taken even our one two year old with us on board a cruise at that point in time. Yeah, that
0: was, it's definitely a hard age. Um, We haven't since the pandemic hit, like right when kids were little and everything, we went to California with my six month old son. And then that was the last thing we did like for a long time, just because of pandemic and other issues. But it's a hard age to travel with. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And where are you coming from? You went out of Port Canaveral. Where are you coming from? Yeah.
0: So we went out at we're based just south of Atlanta. So we drove down to Port Canaveral, which made it easier. We didn't have to deal with the whole plane thing, but it's it's still a long drive for kids that little.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about the pre-cruise experience. Anything notable kind of in the booking or planning process when you're talking about traveling with kids of you know these ages that you remember?
0: Yeah, so we booked before the sailings resumed, I guess. So we were kind of just like constantly looking and seeing what the latest guidelines and everything were. As far as young kids, um, especially kids who are too young to be vaccinated, we kind of assumed ahead of time that they weren't going to be giving vaccines to under two by the time we sailed. Just basically keeping track of what's happening, the rules and everything as far as especially COVID testing ahead of time for those little kids. We did have some trouble with finding a place that would test kids who were under three because I think... A lot of people were using CVS or Walgreens for their kids testing, but they don't test kids under three. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, they might've changed it since, but the time we were sailing, they would not test under three. So we, we found a local urgent care type place that would do it. And it was a rapid test that they did. So it was pretty stress-free once we found the place to actually do it for us. Our sailing left on a Monday. So we were able to get that done on a Friday and get results right away. Then we were good to go.
1: Now, November was, well, you booked before November. November was kind of the, was it the start of kind of the Omicron wave in some spots? And, and did that make you nervous at all?
0: No, we actually, the, when we went November 1st, it was a pretty like low transmission period, I guess you could say. Cases were pretty good. And we were luckily, like really lucky in getting the appointment for the kids COVID testing because not many people were getting tested at this point because it just wasn't super prevalent in our area at the time.
1: Did you go down early and stay the night or did you drive down that you got there right at kind of the day the ship was leaving?
0: Yeah, we actually, we left our house Friday night and did kind of like a night drive down there and we were hoping the kids were going to sleep and our youngest did sleep in the car and our two-year-old, he was just wired and crazy. I convinced my husband to stay at Disney for the weekend before our trip. And so we stayed at Art of Animation and just kind of, we didn't go to any parks or anything, but we just explored the hotel and explored a couple other hotels in the area and did some dining reservations at different places and kind of just kind of got acclimated to the vacation lifestyle before we jumped on the cruise, but didn't want to overexert ourselves by going
1: to the park and
0: getting everyone tired too early.
1: How was Art of Animation for the little kids?
0: It was um, by Two-year-old loved it because he just, like, sees all the characters, the big statues and everything that they had there. And he really liked they have a little Finding Nemo, like, park that he could play on. And we didn't do the pool or anything just because it was a little bit chilly while we were staying there. But he just liked the whole, like, Disney in your face kind of aspect of Art of Animation
2: yeah, we've never stayed there, but I hear that the theming is really just fantastic there and that the rooms are are great for families as well.
0: yeah, the room we stayed in just a just I guess a standard family size and it is a little small for four people. but we made it work for the weekend and it was it was a nice time.
1: Let me sit back and ask one other planning piece here, which is how much stuff did you have to bring with you with the little kids? Because that was also a big deterrent. As I recall, when we traveled was like, it was like an extra set of suitcases for all the things we had to bring. Right.
0: Well, like diaper. Yeah, we definitely had our share of stuff. I kind of did a lot of checklists and everything beforehand to get it down as small as possible. And I added, I was like already adding plans for laundry and everything to multiple times just so we didn't have to bring as much clothes to make up for the room we had for other things. But we definitely had to bring diapers. My son wasn't di- uh, wasn't potty trained at the time. So we had diapers for the little one, diapers for the older one. Luckily, we didn't have to bring a pack and play because Disney Cruise provides them and Disney hotels as well. So Didn't have to do any pack and plays. And then it's cruising with kids is nice because you don't have to bring a car seat anywhere. So that's one thing, one bonus for cruising is you don't have to worry about that added baggage. I think the biggest thing
1: was just the diapers. What about food for the kids and and formula and stuff like that? Yeah.
0: So we really did. We bought some snacks for the kids. Um, I'm breastfeeding my youngest, so didn't have to bring bottles or formula or anything like that. And she had just kind of gone to the eating solid food phase.
1: What kind of room did you pick on board? Because you were traveling, it was two adults, your two young kiddos. Three adults. Well, I was going to say, yeah. and, and, and mom. Kind of yeah. two separate and, parties. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, what kind of room did you book or did you book multiple rooms on board?
0: We had two rooms. We, my husband and kids, we got a deluxe ocean view with a navigator's veranda and it was room... Eighty-five twenty, which I really recommend because I was I was doing a t- ton of research on the best rooms to get on the cruise because I just think that's like super fun. It's like the planning part of it and everything. And I saw that some of the Navigator's verandas are less obstructed than some of the others. So that was one that only has the top left-hand corner blocked by a um, like a steel support beam, I guess. And so we booked that one, and it was awesome. It was good location, just good overall.
2: Yeah. Deck eight is a great place to be too. Were you uh, front, mid, or aft?
0: Yeah, it was a forward room. And the only thing I guess I can recommend for people with young families is the closest elevators took you up to the adult space when you got to deck 11. And so we did have to walk through there and they told us it's not a problem. Like as long as you're passing through, you can just, you can take your kids and keep going. But for us, it we kind of just felt awkward walking through the adult space even if our kids were being perfectly well behaved because i like was worried that people are like oh they think they can be here but they can't kind of thing but it was never a problem it was just maybe something to think about if
2: so it would bother someone else to me it doesn't bother me because as you said you know as long as you're just walking through most people you know understand you're just walking through but i don't care if anybody gives me dirty looks for walking. Through. <laughs> I just ignore it.
1: I've committed the cardinal sin of bringing Nathan into Cove Cafe one time and I just told him to <laughs> stand there quietly because daddy needed coffee. So uh, thankfully, it's fairly good for you. no one gave me dirty looks or anything, but yeah. Yeah, I, as long I, as you're not I,
2: staying yeah. there, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's not Bourbon Street, folks, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Well, port arrival... How, how smooth was the port arrival process? You had little kids needing to get tested pre-cruise, right? So how, how did that work for you?
0: It was really smooth for us. We I think we had an 11.30 arrival time. And so we just drove up with our car. I think we got there at maybe 11.20 and they let us through at that point. And we just pulled into the parking deck pulled right into a space and there's people who came to our windows and they explained to us the whole testing process and how to get it to work and everything. And they had us, the adults test ourselves first. And then they had us get out of the car and test our younger kids, which we kept them in the car seats. And luckily... We had prepped them a ton about the COVID testing and they had done it just a couple days before for the PCR test. And just um, for my two-year-old, there's a lot of bribery involved. We were like making sure we brought some cookies and candy and stuff. And we're like, just a little nose tickle and you'll get a cookie. And so they were both luckily... Did extremely well with the COVID testing. And um, so we swabbed their nose and then gave it to the workers who were there at the parking deck. And then we drove up to our parking space and I think did the test they told us you'll be on the ship in an hour. I think from the start of the COVID test to when we got the clear to sail, it was probably like 45 minutes maybe 40 minutes and that was what i had been hearing from other people who had recently sailed so i made sure i brought I had the ipad of course and had like some coloring books for the 2 year old and i took my seven-month-old out of her car scene was kind of just playing with her while we waited for that clear to sail.
2: Yeah. That process, I feel like it's not that the test necessarily takes a long time. It's quick, but it's there's a lot of waiting around and you're kind of stuck in your car and we're walking around the parking garage. So it does probably take over an hour before you really actually get on board and then a little more than that to get some
0: lunch in you and all
2: that.
1: You did not have to bring a stroller with you, right?
0: We actually, we did bring an umbrella stroller with us just to, we put the two-year-old in the stroller to get on the cruise. And we did use it a couple times just to walk around. Like if we knew on the cruise, we were just going to stroll around, but didn't have any like exact destination in mind, we put him in the stroller and strolled him. And then we had a, like one of those carriers for the baby and had her strapped up a lot.
2: Like an ergo baby carrier yep. or something yep. like
0: that. Yeah, yep. the ergo baby.
1: Yep. And did you have to do anything special to get the pack and plays in your room? Because like in the Disney hotels, there's, I should say in the Disney Vacation Club resorts, there's usually one already tucked away in a closet someplace. But did you have to do anything on the cruise line to request a pack and play? And, and when did you do that?
0: Yeah, so you do have to request pack and play. And it's something that you can do just in your Disney app when you download it before the cruise, it gives you like the special request option, I think. And you go in there. And we did have one small hiccup, I guess, for that is they limit what special things you can request by age. So for the pack and play, you could only request it for zero to two year olds on there, which was fine because we had a zero to two. But one, you can't put two pack and plays in the room. So my two and a half year old, we were going to have in our perfect... Ideal of what our room looked like, what we were planning. We were gonna have him sleep on the couch sofa and put bed rails on, but we couldn't request the bed rails for him because it was the bed rails could only be requested for like three to six year olds or something like that. So I was able to just email Disney Cruise and tell him the situation that we already had a pack and play requested and we also need the bed rails and they said no problem and they somehow were able to like select it on their side so i could see it reflected on our special request that they added the bed rails for him but we didn't we weren't able to do it for ourselves
1: this feels like a, a rule without. I. I mean, I guess maybe I understand the reasoning behind it, but to be that rigid on the rule seems bizarre it, yeah, to me. It anyway. doesn't
0: make a, a sense to us, but they were very helpful with fixing it. So, and we we forgot to ask what kind of room was your mom staying in. She when she booked it, she booked a um, a guaranteed deluxe family ocean view room, and we were hoping that they would assign her the one next door to ours because ours was like on the end of the. Um, Verandas. And we weren't expecting that they would, like, we weren't expecting them to do it, but we were hoping that they would do it for us. And they ended up putting her right next to us, like we had hoped. So she had 8518, which was next door, but just an ocean view, not a veranda. And they didn't connect, but um, it ended up okay.
2: So you get through testing, everybody ends up clear to sail. You've, you know, you've waited, you know, about 40 minutes or so, you're, you're waiting in line to get on the ship. Tell us about that first entry into the atrium of the beautiful Disney Dream.
0: We loved it. I knew what to expect from all of my planning and everything. I had seen it before. I was really excited for my two-year-old to see it because he we haven't taken him to Disney World or anything. So he hasn't seen Mickey in person and really hasn't seen any sort of character in person. So I was excited to see what his reaction would be to it. And so when we walked in, I had my camera facing him just so I could get his reaction. And it was kind of hard to see because everyone was wearing masks. So, But you could see there's a smile underneath his mask, which was awesome. To see that he like recognized who Mickey was that we've been watching on TV and talking about and everything and like to see him in person was really cool.
2: So after your atrium show, I I am assuming they make sure you get your are set up with the app and then make you
0: head to your muster station before doing lunch. Yep, we did. Um, they they didn't really do much help with the app, I don't think for us, but um, they did just give us instructions to go to the muster station which we did. And we had another little small hiccup with that is when we got there, there was a cast member who was standing there with the list, all the people who should check in at that muster station. And she just asked us our names and checked us off the list. And we're like, is there anything else we have to do? Because I had heard from other people that you have to take a picture of the Muster station on your phone. And I hadn't opened my app yet or anything to see that it required it. And she was like, no, you're good. We just have to check you off the list. And so we left. And yeah, we got to Cabanas, I guess, is where we went next. And we were looking at the app and it said like, you need to take a picture. And I was like, I knew we did. So we had to go back after lunch to take a picture.
2: The nice thing is, is that really, you only have to do it before the sail away because, you know, some people are boarding at like you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, so you had plenty of time, I'm sure, to go back and do it. Just kind of annoying because that cast member was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it struck me as weird, and I'm sure we probably weren't the only people who had to go back and do it. She was telling that to other people as well, but it was it really wasn't a big deal.
2: So for lunch, I know I tend to recommend now that people go do the sit down lunch for the embarkation day, even though. Our first few cruises, we always did cabanas, but I, I kind of like the calmness of the dining room. Uh, but what did you guys choose to do for embarkation day lunch?
0: We chose to do cabanas just because it was easiest and we could see like go up to the deck and we sat outside of cabanas and we just watched what was going on at the port and kind of just chilled and got ourselves pumped about the vacation and was, we kind of exiled because we were on the cruise and we made it and the kids, we were really worried that the kids were going to get sick, COVID or not related before the cruise, because we've had a bunch of sicknesses from his little daycare um, that he goes to. And so we had kept him out of school for two weeks before the cruise, just to make sure we were all healthy because I was not going to miss the vacation. I was looking forward to it so much. So we were on the cruise. Everyone was healthy, and we were just sitting on the top deck next to cabanas and just getting ready to enjoy a cruise. And it was a nice little
1: moment. What um, I'm curious, you had two port stops. Did you book any shore excursions that took you off the ship, or were you restricted uh, because of the age of the kids?
0: So we were restricted for Nassau because of the rules that they have to be people have to be vaccinated to get off the cruise, not with a Disney cruise excursion. So we kind of went back and forth for a long time about whether we wanted to do anything. I had booked ahead of time Blue, La- Group, Blue Lagoon excuse me, just to have it in case we decided to go or we could cancel it if we decided not to go. I just wanted to have that option for us. And we got closer and decided that it is something that we wanted to do. The main thing we were worried about is they keep you together with a group for all this shore excursion. So once we got off the cruise and took the ferry to the separate island, we would be stuck there until they took everybody off the island. So if the kids were just having a terrible day and it was just too much to manage, we were going to be stuck there. That was our biggest concern. And for whatever reason, we decided, let's just give it a try and um, see what happens. So we did decide to do the Blue Lagoon and it was... Honestly, my husband said it was the best part of his trip. And I know Blue Lagoon and Nassau itself get a lot of like flack for just people saying, like, stay on the ship, just have it be an onboard day. But we really enjoyed it, especially, I think, because we have such little kids. Just the way it's set up is they give one beach to each cruise, I guess it's there. The little lagoon that we had, it was very shallow. The water was really warm. And we brought some sand toys with us and my son was just able to like sit in waist deep water and play with his toys. And we were able to sit there with him and uh, we could hold our daughter and not worry about like waves or anything, knocking anyone over. Like there was no sort of sea life, no jellyfish. Don't have to worry about like, I mean, sharks is getting a little extreme, but there was like <laughs> nothing we had, there was nothing we had to worry about. Right. So, um, We could just sit there and have a good time. And um, my son loved it. And my daughter, being seven months old, she was just happy to be there. Right. I, I hear good things about you know we haven't been to Blue Lagoon and
2: we do tend to stay on board on at NASA, but I've heard good things about Blue Lagoon I've heard better things about Blue Lagoon than about Atlantis actually so it doesn't surprise me that you all had a, a really nice day and I, I think you know the nice thing about getting off the ship and going to a beach location and particularly with little kids is they they get more free roam than on the ship on the ship you have to sort of mind mind them quite a bit and so it's probably nice to have a little bit more you know space to kind of you know hang out and you get that at Castaway Key too but it's nice to have both how was it as far as the you know did you have to wait till there was the the bus to take you back and and was you know was the day kind of you know the right length that sort of thing
0: yeah it was we did have to wait till they took everybody back at one time and they just they had an announcement over some speakers you have like 20 minutes left or however long. They had several warnings that our cruise group was about to leave. So we did have to wait for everyone to go back at the same time. But it was an appropriate length, I think, even for young kids. Um, I can't remember the exact time. I think we got there. We got there probably about 10 o'clock maybe and left maybe one thirty, or like they wanted us to go back to the ferry about one30 So it was about three, three to four hours, I guess, on the beach with for some people, maybe with older kids might not be long enough for them to be worth it. But for the young kids, it was like an appropriate amount of time
2: and probably pretty good as far as if you need to take them back to have a nap, they'll have at least a, a kind of a late afternoon nap.
0: Yeah, my son actually fell asleep on the ferry, I guess, just with the rocking and everything. We have a super cute picture of him just passed out on my husband's shoulder on the ferry. And it's just like you could tell like he had a good day.
2: <laughs> so let's talk about Castaway Key. since we talked about Nassau. Tell us what, uh, what you guys uh, planned or 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 not planned. Frankly, I love you know just an unplanned day. Castaway Key, but for Castaway Key and and how that day went.
0: Yeah, so with Castaway, we kind of just planned to do the same thing that we did at uh, Blue Lagoon and just get off the boat like leisurely in the morning and just hang out on the beach. We didn't have any activities planned. There's not much toddlers and babies can do as far as booking things. Booking activities on Castaway. So we just, we got off, we had breakfast, got off the ship, and we went to the family beach. It kind of was busier than some of the reports I had seen about like it being completely empty around that time, but there's still plenty of lounge chairs. We were able to get lounge chairs in the shade, which is important for the little kids. And then we just played in the water. That was basically, oh, the big thing for the the toddler was we went over to the splash pad that's on the islands which is kind of hidden back there i think unless you're looking for it you wouldn't necessarily see it it's totally hidden yeah it's i feel like it's totally hidden i didn't know about it for
2: our first like several cruises. I didn't even know it existed.
0: I don't know how I knew about it, but I knew it was there. So we actually like we had to go to the map and like find it on there. And we had passed by it several times, just didn't see it where it was located. We did the splash pad after we ate lunch. And that was the first time my son had ever been in a splash pad before, just because the summer before he was a little too young to take him and COVID. And I didn't want him like getting run over by older kids when he was that little. But Took him to the splash pad, and since no one knew, it was back there. Occasionally, there's one other family that was on the splash pad with us, and so it kind of let him. He's a very cautious kid, I would say. So he was a little hesitant at first when we got there, and then he realized, like, oh, this is really fun, and he just had a blast. And we had to drag him out of the splash pad when we were ready to go. He would have just stayed there all day, I think. We did the splash pad on Castaway, and then he was just like super pumped about the just splash pads in general so the next day when we were at sea we took him to the finding nemo one and since i think if we had just like pushed him on the finding nemo one first he would have been like this is too much there's too many kids but it kind of was like a good segue to the on ship splash pad and he really enjoyed the finding nemo one as well the next day
1: Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, (laughs) like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, So she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new Genie technology and everything. Like, I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on, and she Absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there, check them out, touringplans.com slash travel. We'll let them know the DCL duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. What kind of other activities did you get up to on, on board? Did you kids aren't quite old enough to do some of the family activities, I'd assume, but maybe not for your two-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah, baby. so
0: I really... Thinking back on the cruise, I'm like, what did we even like? I feel like it was just a whirlwind. Like it just it's like did we even have time to do activities? I felt like we did all these things and barely any activities, but um I guess we were off the island most of the day for like for Nassau and for Castaway. And then when we came back on board, we had to like do naps and everything. So we really didn't try to do a ton of activities on board. The one thing that we did I was like really adamant about doing was the first day like when we boarded we went to the um, open house at um, Oceaneers Club and my son really liked that as well like um, he had a blast running around on the lighted floor that they have and kind of just exploring he was a little too young to realize like okay this is the Star Wars Millennial Falcon or this is Pixie Hollow or that kind of like things that I appreciated going into that space because I enjoyed it as well but he had a fun time running around. That's the
2: I mean that's one of the things about the kids club people should be aware of. The regular kids clubs really start at 3 and and older and the 3 year olds have to be potty trained and then the nursery is for 3 and younger but the nursery's not open still. The nur- and the nursery for in in regular times the nursery is a reservation thing. And it's an add-on cost. It's not It's not very expensive if you compare it to on-land babysitters. It's actually quite inexpensive, I would say. But it's something that you have to have reserved times for because they have a limited capacity. And since reopening from COVID, they have not reopened the nursery.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I completely understand. It was a bummer not having that open, but it is what it is sailing these in these times. Tell us how... Well,
2: one what you thought about the dining and two how it worked with both your infant who just started so- some solid foods and with your toddler
0: yeah so with the dining i had emailed disney before we left and asked if there it was possible for us to do to have the rotation where we did animators twice because the one thing i do remember from the cruise back when I was young, was Animator's Palette. And it is different because we were on the Magic back when I was 13. I just thought the color change was the coolest thing in the world. I knew it wasn't going to be the same exactly, but I was like, that's one thing I do remember. So that's one thing I want to like try to do twice if possible. So I emailed them and they said, yeah, we can like definitely put that request in and it's not guaranteed, but we'll do what we can. Um, they were able to honor that request for us. So we had the Animator's Palette twice, in the middle that was really cool especially the the crush show that they do they were able to we were sitting in front of the screen so he was able to talk to us and specifically my two-year-old who was like what the heck is happening (laughs) like he was like he liked it but he of course like didn't answer any of their questions or anything that they were asking so we helped him with that but after the fact i think he thought it was pretty cool that this turtle was talking to him
2: I, I love that you asked for the the rotation that you wanted. I think a lot of people don't realize that you can you can make a request for a specific dining rotation, and it, as long as you do it early enough, I have never heard of one getting denied if the family asked for it. You know, well in advance of sailing. So just a, a pro tip out there: if you want to go to Animators twice, or you want to go, or if you're sailing on the Wonder and you want to be at Tiana's twice, or whatever. And you're on, you know, particularly on a shorter cruise where you will get maybe two nights at one restaurant and only one night at some of the other restaurants. Yeah. It's something definitely to
1: think. Well, the other, the other thing you can always request in advance is if you have a favorite server. So some folks don't know that you can, you can call in beforehand and make a request to be sat. In a particular rotation, and with a particular server. Now, if you request both, they've gotta got a got line up. They're not gonna move your server to a different dining rotation just for you. But that is something you can ask for. Is if you have a favorite server that you like to uh, you'd like to see, and even if you don't know if they're on board, they'll at least make the notation for the dining room staff. Well, how was the dining experience in terms of you mentioned at the beginning of the show that they do some special stuff for the little kids on board, and so yeah, how was it for your kids?
0: It was an interesting experience. We'll say that. We had the early dining time, which by the time we got to dinner, especially the first day on the ship, we had missed nap time for our two year old. So he was a mess. My seven month old, she was taking multiple naps at, during the day and kind of her, it kind of interrupted her last nap as well. And for her, we didn't do any like pack and play naps. We just would strap her up to us in the Ergo Baby and she would sleep on our chest. So the first night we showed up and we probably scared our server. We were just like a mess. And the two-year-old was running around. Um, Luckily, we had a table like up against the wall next to a big porthole. So he was just up and looking out the window and the seven-month-old was screaming. And so... They probably felt bad for us and we were like, oh, why did we get stuck with the babies <laughs> on the ship? They were still really good and we kind of just rushed through that dinner as fast as possible. The next night was a little bit better. I think we had had that nap for my two-year-old on the ferry back from Blue Lagoon. So it went a little bit better, but the six-month-old was still, or the seven-month-old was still fussy because she was in the middle of her nap and... So, at one point, I heard in the past, like, that the servers would cut up food for younger kids. And that was one of, like, the cool things about cruising on Disney. But I can't remember what night it was. My husband had strapped up the seven-month-old and taken her out of the restaurant to try to, like, get her to sleep and was going to come back in when she was asleep and scarf down his dinner. And when he came back, he had ordered a steak and our server had cut the steak up for my husband for him, so (laughs) that he wouldn't have to like be battling a crying baby. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing. Just something that sets Disney apart, especially for people who are traveling with young kids that the server would even have thought to do that for him. So that was... A really nice touch. That's awesome. I have not ever heard of somebody doing that. But as soon as you said it, I was like, I was thinking that's brilliant. Right. It was just it was one of those moments where you're like, this is what you pay for, I think, on the cruise. And the other thing um, specifically for babies that they do is They will do purees for, but like request, you can request purees to be made for your baby. So the first night they couldn't do it just because you're not there to help um, facilitate the request. But they talked to us the first night about what we might want for my seven month old for the next night. And we decided on some sweet potato puree for her. And so when we showed up to animators the second night, they had a huge bowl of sweet potato purees for her on the table and then every night like they would ask us what kind of food we want for the next night and they could do any combination of vegetables or fruits basically that we could we asked for so that was really cool something like a bonus i don't know if other cruise lines do that for the babies but that was really nice
2: what did what did you think about the the kids meals for your the toddler
0: we basically didn't have any issues with him. He, most of the, it's like pizza or hamburger or pasta. And we would just, I think I, by the end of the day, he was so like overstimulated and overwhelmed. We couldn't get a straight answer about what he wanted to eat. So we just picked something for him and he would pick at it. He really, he's not a huge dinner eater anyway. So he would pick at his food and then they would be like, okay, what do you want to eat for dessert? And he would pick He picked ice cream, I think, every single night for dessert. He didn't have any problem picking out his dessert. He did have issues with this. The one thing they also do for the little kids is they'll bring out their food ahead of time kind of rushed and so they would bring out his food first and he would pick at it and then they'd be like okay do you want dessert and he would pick like a sundae or the mickey bar and then he was content for like basically the rest of the dinner just like eating his ice cream that was the one way we got him to sit still is just plop a big bowl of ice cream in front of him and <laughs> it's the secret. he was content <laughs> just
2: get the, secret. the secret to being able to eat a meal is just giving your kid ice cream i think that that's totally true.
0: And he ate his share of ice cream on the cruise. He ate multiple cones and we just, we didn't limit it. We were like, just, you know, go
1: for it. <laughs> have all the ice cream. We had a family on recently that had an ice cream eating challenge for their kids. And I was like, never, never, know, <laughs> <Anyway>, yeah, never.
0: I <laughs> was the opposite. I, I heard, I listened to that episode and I was like, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> we'll have to do that when the kids are older. Yeah.
1: <laughs> love it. Love it.
0: So let's, let's
2: talk about shows and did you guys go to the evening
0: shows and and how did that work with the with the real littles yeah so we didn't go to any shows and that's the one regret that i have i guess if you could call it a regret because it really just wasn't possible for us to make it to those shows because 8 30 yeah it's past their bedtimes by a pretty substantial period of time. And I'd wanted to, and we had talked with my mom, who was with us about us getting the kids to bed. And then me and my husband going to a show, like sneaking out and going to one. I was really looking forward to that. And it just didn't happen. Mentioned earlier, our plan was for my son to sleep in the sofa bed. And that first night we got my daughter in the pack and play and we got him in the sofa bed and we shut the curtain to separate the main bed from those beds and it was silent and me and my husband looked at each other like did we just really pull that off like are we gonna be able to sneak away and like I think it was 20 seconds later we just hear this big thump and we pull back the curtain and my son had climbed to the bottom of the bed and fallen out so we were like I guess he's sleeping in a big bed with no well he he slept with my husband and I slept on the sofa bed because I was still having to get up several times with my daughter to feed her in the middle of the night which wakes the two-year-old up so I just slept with the curtain pulled in that little section with the baby and we did our thing in the middle of the night and my husband got stuck in the bed with the two-year-old so there wasn't much sneaking out that could be done, even if my mom was able to like sneak in and stay with the kids um, just because of the bed situation. We are exhausted anyway, having to keep up with the two little kids the whole day. So there's one night where we were going to try hardest to get out and I was on the sofa bed. My husband was laying down with our son and I was waiting for him to text me like he's asleep. And I never got a text from him and like peeled back the curtain and he's asleep in the bed (laughs) with the two. (laughs) They're both asleep. Um, So I guess that's not happening tonight. That's the one thing that I do look back and I'm like, uh, I wish I could. I really wanted to see Beauty and the Beast, if anything, but we didn't get to do that. So we'll just have to go again when the kids are a little bit older.
1: (laughs) Well, so you can, based on the sleeping arrangements, you can answer the question, is the sofa bed comfortable?
0: Um, It was not the most uncomfortable bed I've slept in. <laughs> I think I've heard all these like rave reviews about how comfortable the main bed is, and I didn't get to experience that. I didn't really have much to complain about with the sofa bed. It wasn't the hardest, but it wasn't the most comfortable. It was pretty average, I'd say. <laughs>
1: Megan, what have we missed here? What what tips or tricks do you have for folks vacationing with little kids that we have not uncovered as of yet?
0: I guess one tip is, um, and I've heard people mention this before, but bring a cheap set of sand toys with us. So we threw those in there and just that was like our extra stuff bag that didn't really have a place anywhere else. But with the sand toys, they got us through two days in the sand, but they were pretty cheap and we're starting to break. So we just toss those, and I would recommend that too, just because it's not something you really want
2: to lug back. Well, and for sand toys, I feel like the good recommendation is going to like the the local dollar store and getting just a a pail and shovel set. Or two pails and shovels if you got two kids, obviously, so they're not fighting over one. It doesn't have to be anything really special, but just having a pail and a shovel for a beach day is perfect. I think.
0: yeah, I went and looked at the dollar store, and mine didn't have anything, so I bought one on Amazon, and it was just a set that came in a net bag that was it was like easy to just toss in, and the shovels and everything were taken apart, so you're able to like stick them together, like the handle and the um, stick and the shovel part. And so it collapsed a lot smaller than they popped out to be. So that actually worked too, because it gave us a lot of different things. And I think it was only $7 on Amazon. So that worked out really well for us. It's just... Like we could just toss it in and it all stayed together before the cruise.
1: Well, Megan, it sounds like you had a fabulous time on board. I really appreciate you sharing all of your tips and tricks for sailing with little kids. Because like as I said up front, we haven't had a ton of people on to do that. Sam, I think it's that time in the show where I need to hand it over to you for rapid fire. So take it away.
2: So Megan, because this is your first time on the show, we're going to do our classic Disney Cruise Line rapid fire, but we always have to start with your regular Disney favorites. So who is your favorite Disney
0: or Pixar
2: character?
0: Right now, I'd say Rapunzel. It changes, but um, I think with having a seven month old daughter now, we get to do all the princess stuff. And so Rapunzel's moved up to the top of the list.
2: All right. I see Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique in her future. It, yeah, um, it might a few be years down the road. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Um,
0: I think favorite of all time. Well I'll say two for like live action, Pirates of the Caribbean is always been my favorite. Um it came out I think just before I did that cruise when I was a teenager. So it was a really cool. I think they were playing it still on the ship when we went to just see that while we were actually in the Caribbean or close to that. So Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, is my long-standing favorite, but then animated, probably Lion King. Favorite Disney song? Right now, I'm really feeling the. Um, we don't talk about Bruno. I've gotten on that trend. So that's my favorite right now. Okay, so
2: now moving on to the ship. What was your favorite rotational dining?
0: I'd say definitely animators, just because of the memories that I did have from my past cruise and getting to talk to Crush was really fun.
2: Favorite space on the ship?
0: I would say probably just the top pool deck. It's where we spent, I think, most of the time with the young kids, just because it was really good weather when we were there. And so we did that. I, yeah, I just say the pool deck. And what was your favorite
2: thing that you ate on board?
0: I think the chicken parm from Palo.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's pretty hard to beat that. I love it. And then my last question is, what's next? So we don't know yet. We don't have any plans for anything. I'm already starting to think about a future Disney cruise and my husband is like, the cruise was awesome, but there's lots of other things to do in this world. (laughs) I think what we talked about though, is that Sailing with kids this little is not for everyone, but for us it made a lot of sense just because of everything that they provided for us. And they take care of almost everything. You know, you don't have to worry about car seats going anywhere. You don't have to be worried about what you're gonna eat and whether your kids screaming in the restaurant. So we've kind of played with maybe going to like London or something next year, but that just seems like a lot of work, whereas we know what to expect with the cruise. So might be a cruise, might be something even crazier, like going to Europe or something.
2: Yeah. To your point, I actually think a cruise vacation is easier with littles than doing the parks vacation. I wonder how, what you think about that. And and if you guys have considered a parks vacation, you know, in the near future.
0: Yeah, we have. We were actually supposed to. We had a trip planned for the parks in fall of 2020, and that was before my daughter was born. But since she's been born, I think we're going to hold off on the parks just because I, I agree with you that it is more difficult, especially with the two and a half year old. I just think that he does not quite have the patience yet to wait in line. For some of the rides, like I think the reward of the ride is not worth his patience at this point, if that makes sense. So, and especially as my daughter gets older, just see them like running two separate directions and meltdowns because they're tired, and especially it's so hot in Orlando. I I completely agree that the cruise is easier right now. Cruise sounds pretty good. Yeah.
1: Well, at some point, we'd also suggest uh, taking a look at Alani for little kids. It's it's a it's a long way to go, obviously, from the East Coast, but uh, we have loved every time that we've been able to make it over there with our son. So, yeah, that's
0: definitely on a bucket
1: list. Megan, as I said, we really appreciate you coming on to uh, share your tips and tricks, and uh, thanks for thanks for taking the time.
0: All right, thank you for having me. <music>
1: Well, I know tonight's show won't apply to all of our listeners out there, but we do get asked a lot what it is like to sail with smaller kids and so really appreciate Megan coming on and sharing her experience with two very young kids that she took on board. It sounds like they had an amazing cruise and so I hope the information helps those folks out there who are looking to sail with younger kids in the future. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from Underwood Ray Fan who writes, one of my favorites. I love listening to the DCL duo. I love Disney and I'm hoping to take my first DCL cruise soon, so listening to Brian and Sam's experiences let me live vicariously and also give me ideas for what I might want to do in the future. Well, glad we can provide that service for you, and uh, we hope that you will get on board your first Disney cruise soon, and maybe we'll even see you out there cruising ourselves. So, hope you enjoy that first Disney experience or Disney cruise line experience if you get a chance to take it. With that, I do just want to thank everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DC. Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five star reviews. We love the written reviews. We love reading them on the air each week and connecting with our listeners. So head over there. Click those five stars. It really helps us out a lot. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join in a conversation with some like minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. You can also head over to our website, www www.dclduo.com to connect with us and find all of our great content out there on the internet and uh, we even got some blog posts up so head over there check that out reminder that our store for good is over there if there's anything that you'd like to go over there and grab before your next sailing all the profits from that store go to charity so you can also head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo if you'd like to get some more great content from us. We've got some videos over there and more to come. You can always help support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL Duo sent you. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to support the show each and every month. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Park. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.